Hello and welcome to Digital Insights. This episode is sponsored by Direct Mail. Create and send great looking email newsletters with Direct Mail, an easy to use email marketing app designed exclusively for the Mac. Send your first email campaign today with a free download of Direct Mail. And Digital Insights listeners will save 10% off the full featured plans. Head over to directmail.com forward slash insights and see how they can help your business grow. Today, I want to talk to you about pattern libraries, because whether I've been working for a large corporation like Nestle or a higher education institution like the University of Strathclyde or even a big charity like Doctors Without Borders, I increasingly find myself suggesting the creation of a pattern library as a solution to the particular problems faced by these larger websites. But what is a pattern library? Why do you need one? And how do we go about creating it? Well, a pattern library is a collection of user interface design elements. The site UI Patterns describes the user interface design patterns as reoccurring solutions that solve common design problems. Still confused? Well, it's not entirely surprising. Web designers do like to make things sound more complicated than they actually are. Essentially, a pattern library is a collection of design elements that appear multiple times on a site. Typical examples might think be things like slideshows, navigation, social media features, news listings, related links, carousels. The list really does go on and on. A pattern library documents all of these patterns, also often known as components, and defines how they behave, what they look like, and how they're coded. Examples of pattern libraries that you might want to check out include MailChimp, BBC Gel, Starbucks, Yahoo, and really is quite a long list. Now, this description may sound like a design system to you, and you need to know that they are indeed very similar, but there are some subtle differences. A lot of people use the terms design systems and pattern libraries somewhat interchangeably. So don't get confused if somebody refers to a pattern library as a design system. However, in principle, there is a difference. A pattern library is a part of a broader design system. What precisely your design system contains is often up for debate, but typically will include things like a pattern library of UI components, a brand style guide, a content style guide, a set of design principles, a service manual, etc. Basically, a design system is a collection of documents and tools for the creation of design assets. Of course, design systems and pattern libraries don't just spontaneously appear. They need to be created, and that takes effort. Why, then, is it worth your time to go about creating a pattern library? As websites grow in size and complexity, especially if many subsites are involved, the argument for a pattern library becomes overwhelming, to be honest. These benefits are threefold. First of all, big sites are developed by different people over a prolonged period and revisited and revised regularly. That almost always leads to a fragmented user experience unless there is something in place to ensure consistency. You only need to visit a large site to see an example of this. Navigation shifts in position, form elements are formatted differently, and even typography changes. That happens because it's easier to guess how, say, a button might work than it is to look at how it was previously styled before. A pattern library changes this by offering a straightforward way to duplicate existing design and functionality on any page of a website. The second reason for a pattern library is a pattern library facilitates reusability. 
Large organizations often have multiple web teams working across the company, um, reporting into different departments. And often those teams will work largely in isolation and so end up reinventing the wheel at considerable cost. Having a central pattern library developed in collaboration between all those web professionals means that the organization can reuse functionality and design, so keeping the cost down. If one web developer creates a new pattern for a particular requirement in their area of responsibility, this can now be a shared resource that the whole group can access and becomes permanently available for future projects. Once the majority of patterns are in place, creating a new site or subsite becomes a mere matter of combining those patterns in much the same way as you would build something out of existing Lego blocks. The final reason you might want to consider a pattern library is that it makes maintenance easier. Having a consistent pattern library that everybody works from makes it a lot easier to manage your sites. When everybody codes elements in the same way, it's much easier for a developer to work on somebody else's code. Also, when a new developer comes in, they can get up to speed much quicker by looking at the pattern library. Hopefully, you can now see the value of building a pattern library. The final question, therefore, becomes, how do you create one? There's nothing particularly special about a pattern library. It's essentially a collection of components, their associated code, and a few notes, really. How you implement your pattern library is entirely up to you. However, I thought it might be useful if I share a few of the things I've discovered about working with pattern libraries. The temptation is to only document a pattern library once you've built the site. However, this somewhat undermines the point of having a pattern library. When working on a pattern library, I tend to put the skeleton together before anybody writes a line of code. I tend to create a library featuring wireframes of individual patterns, notes on how those patterns work and other considerations while still in the prototyping phase. And that's particularly helpful for the designer and developer acting as a functional specification of sorts. This approach allows the developer to immediately start writing code even if the finished design is not in place. The patterns can then get fleshed out with the final design and CSS as it becomes available. This approach is considerably more efficient than putting everything together at the end and also allows you to reuse patterns as you build the website. Now, it should go without saying these days, but put careful consideration into how your pattern will respond across multiple devices. When showing the visual appearance of a design, make sure you demonstrate how it will adapt to different screen sizes. But this isn't just useful for mobile devices. It's also useful for looking at the pattern in various contexts. For example, a news listing may include a thumbnail when it's being displayed in the main body of a page, but drops that same thumbnail when being shown in a narrower side column, and you need to be able to demonstrate that. You see, it's also worth noting that many patterns are made up of multiple elements. For example, let's take that news listing. It'll have a title, a description, a thumbnail, the date, the author. When defining a pattern, it's important to list all of these elements and also if they're required or not. For example, do you always need the description on your news listing? If not, what happens to the design if the description is not present? Or again, the thumbnail that I mentioned earlier is a really good example of this. Careful consideration needs to be given into these various permutations as it can become quite complicated if not thought out from the start. Talking of thinking things through from the start, if your pattern library is going to act as a kind of functional specification for developers, you need to put a lot of thought into how the pattern will actually work. Where's the data going to come from to populate the fields? What happens when the user clicks a button or a link? How does the carousel operate on a mobile device? 
These kinds of practical questions are essential when it comes to implementing patterns. Answering these issues also forces the designer and the developer to work closely together in order to come to an agreement and prevents the designer from just throwing a design over the wall. It's also worth emphasizing in this era of web applications that your pattern library should address accessibility, as I'm afraid designers often overlook it. That's why I always include accessibility considerations in my pattern libraries. There will always be a section in my pattern definitions where I make notes that the pattern should be, for example, keyboard accessible or a screen reader can understand it. Another word of warning at this stage is that a lot of pattern libraries display code alongside a visual representation of the components. However, although this is good practice, the code should not then be copied and pasted into the website. Instead, the code shown in the documentation should come from a central repository that the developers are using on the live site. In other words, you need to avoid having multiple copies of your code because that will require significantly more maintenance. Although it's not always possible, you want to be able to update a pattern code in the central repository and see that update ripple across the entire site and the pattern library documentation. Fortunately, there are tools like Frontify, Astrum, and Zero Height that will allow you to keep your code in source control, but still display it in the pattern library. However you ultimately decide to solve this problem, make sure there is a single definitive source of code for each pattern and you keep it up to date. Finally, think about whether patterns can be customized and to what extent. Now that will depend on how your brand operates. If you have a single consistent brand, then you'll probably want to offer very little in the way of customization. However, if like say the BBC, you run multiple brands, then it will be important the appearance of patterns can be customized to match the different aesthetics. I'm a huge fan of pattern libraries. They are something I insist on for the majority of projects I work on with clients. Yes, they do take some work to set up, but ultimately it's worth the effort. Creating a pattern library can be a challenge and it's easy to make mistakes. So if you'd like some outside advice or support, feel free to get in touch by emailing paul at boagworld.com.